I need an outline tonight as we dive in. One there, all right. Revelation 16, when you find that, we're going to start reading verse 1 and go through verse number 9 tonight. Revelation 16, verse number 1. And I heard a great voice out of the temple saying to the seven angels, Go your ways and pour out the vials of the wrath of God upon the earth. And the first went and poured out his vial upon the earth, and there fell a noisome and grievous sore upon the men which had the mark of the beast, and upon them which worshipped his image. And the second angel poured out his vial upon the sea, and it became as the blood of a dead man, and every living soul died in the sea. And the third angel poured out his vial upon the rivers and fountains of water, and they became blood. And I heard the angel of the water say, Thou art righteous, O Lord, which art and whatst and shall be, because thou hast judged thus. For they have shed the blood of the saints and prophets, and thou hast given them blood to drink, for they are worthy. And I heard another out of the altar say, Even so, Lord God Almighty, true and righteous are thy judgments. And the fourth angel poured out his vial upon the sun, and power was given unto him to scorch men with fire. And men were scorched with great heat, and blasphemed the name of God, which had power over these plagues. And they repented not to give him glory. Just amazing to me, and we'll talk more about when we get down to verse number 9 and things. But as the sun is burning these people, you talk about, some, ever have a bad sunburn? It could be nothing compared to what the sun's going to do in that day. But instead of repenting and turning to God, they're blaspheming him and blaming him and will not repent. Even, it doesn't matter how bad it gets, they're just past that point of return. And so as we look here tonight, those vials represent, it literally is like a small bowl. And so you get lots of commentaries and things. Some people call them bowls, they call them vials. But a vial and a bowl, a small bowl is basically the same thing. What we know about these bowls are it is the wrath of God. It's completely filled up. It's full, the Bible says. And you know, we look at our world and we look at everything that goes on. And we think about, I think about the time this was written. If we go back to the first century when the book of Revelation was written, and we think of all the persecution that was on Christians in that day. And John here, the you know, legend tells us that he was boiled in a vat of oil, and then he's put on the island of Patmos. Paul's beheaded. Peter's crucified upside down. The list would go on. I think, and then you have all these Christians that are scattered abroad and all the persecution. I think... Something else that the book of Revelation would do for them is encourage them that God sees the injustice, he sees the wrong, and God will take care of it. Where some people have a hard time with that, with the Lord. And even I noticed that with some of my, some of my cop friends and things. Sometimes like God's just a little too merciful, he's a little too gracious. People do this, they deserve this. The thing you need to understand with the Lord is you will get what you deserve. And if you're saved, thank God, you won't get what you deserve. But God is just in all of his doings. And that's hard for us to wrap our minds around. Because we live in a world where there are not many just judgments placed anywhere. Even in our country today. You look at the way courts are. Literally, it depends on if you're a Democrat or Republican, how you view different things when it comes to the law. And if you have a strong judge on this or a strong or 
district attorneys. There's a great one in L.A. And, uh, and he basically, a lot of people get hardly anything under him. He's very soft on crime, soft on those things. Then you have others that are the exact opposite. But at the end of the day, if you are a judge or a di- any of, you're supposed to be following the laws of the land and judging based off of those. But it just shows it's very hard for us to do. That's not us. We're not very good at it. Sports teams and things. You look at it, you're supposed to, if you're a referee, you're just supposed to make the calls. But it seems like sometimes the players with the biggest names get all the calls their way. And, not, and then other times it seems like others don't. No one, and that's where sometimes I hear our kids out on the playground. That's not fair. I didn't get out. That's life. It's not fair. Things are not always going to be just, David. It's just the way it works out. It's just the way it happens. And, but what, one thing I want you to know, when it comes to God, no one will be able to look at him and say it's not fair. Because he is fair. No one will look at God and say you're not just because he is just. That's all he does. But we look around at the wickedness in our world today and how this world takes the wickedness of this world and flaunts it in the face of God. Now a lot of Christians are like, why don't you do something about it? He is going to do something about it. Just be grateful that he's merciful. Be grateful that he's long-suffering, but that day is coming. The Bible tells us in Revelation 15, 7, it says, And one of the four beasts gave unto the seven angels seven golden vials full of the wrath of God. Do you see that there? It's full. It means to swell over. It's, uh, the image, it literally is right at the bursting. It's just right at that edge. You ever fill a cup so full, you can see, if you look flat at that cup, you can see how it's kind of angled up over it just a little bit. And where if one more drop goes in, it's going to drip down the side. These are full. Do you, know when these, do you know when these vials of wrath started filling up? Probably before the Garden of Eden. Someone said the Garden of Eden. But when Lucifer fell, I believe he fell before the Garden of Eden. Because if he didn't, then why was the serpent there? It had already happened. So from the days of Lucifer to the Garden of Eden, and probably almost 7,000 years of mankind, six to 7,000 years, the wrath of God's been filling up, and it's coming. And we see that they're full, and that time's come. It's arriving. Since the Garden of Eden, all these times, as man has raised their hand against God, the Tower of Babel, we're going to be greater than you. We're going to build a tower to you. All And Babylon, even the idea of Babylon that's still around in our world today, and it's going to be around in the end. We'll look at that coming up in the next few weeks as well. And, but what God has done over these, in our time, six to 7,000 years, what God has done during this time is he's really tempered his wrath. God is merciful in the midst of it. Just as in Habakkuk, his prayer, the prophet requested this, and he prayed to God, O Lord, I have heard thy speech and was afraid. O Lord, revive thy work in the midst of the years, In the midst of the years, make known in wrath, remember mercy. And that's what God has done for as long as we've been around. He's remembered mercy. But that day is going to end. Revelation 14.10 tells us, 
the same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out without mixture into the cup of his indignation. And he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and the presence of the Lamb. And every time I read those passages and think of those that don't have Christ, that's where they're headed. Doesn't the Bible say that those without Christ, the wrath of God abideth on them? Not what it's, that's what the scriptures say in the book of John. If you have Christ, you have life. If you don't have Christ, the wrath of God abides on you. So when you walk around this world, when you go into Walmart, when you go to the gas station, when you go wherever you go, a lot of people that you run into, the wrath of God is abiding on them. When's the last time you told someone Jesus? I encourage you to actively be involved in sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's important. People need Jesus. People need to be aware of their need for salvation. Ball games will have that saying out there, friends don't let friends drive home drunk. I think a better saying than that is, friends don't let friends go to hell without warning them. Need to warn people. God's wrath, we're looking at this tonight as it begins. So as we look at this final, and as we think about the book of Revelation, there are a series of three different judgments. The trumpet judgments, and uh, so you have the seal judgments, the trumpet judgments as we've gone through, and then you have the seven bowls or the seven vial judgments. And each one gets worse and worse, progressing to the end of the tribulation. So as we look at this tonight, we see in verse number one, it says, And I heard a great voice out of the temple. And who's, who's probably the voice out of the temple? I would believe it would be God. I heard a great voice out of the temple saying to the seven angels, Go your ways and pour out the vials of the wrath of God upon the earth. So as we look here tonight, this is part one. We're only going to get through four of them tonight. and we'll, In two weeks, we'll get back to the other three. Point number one, the first thing that we see in that first vial, we see God's wrath unleashed on man. Look at verse number two. And the first went and poured out his vial upon the earth, and there fell a noisome and grievous sore upon the men which had the mark of the beast and upon them which worshipped his image. Now, just so you know, that word man there could be interchangeable. The ladies will have it too that have the image too. So, So we see first of all tonight as we look at the wrath on man, we see first of all letter A, we see sores upon man. And literally, when this vial is poured out, all those who've worshipped the beast, those who've received his mark, are affected with sores in their body. The word sore here literally means an ulcer. It has the idea of an open, running, that sounds real nice, doesn't it? Place on the skin that refers to an oozing boil. Not much different than we look at what Job kind of went through in the book of Job, or something that's interesting that you'll note, and I'll talk about this at the end, but you'll notice that a lot of these, these vials and these bowls that are unleashed, they really resemble the plagues that God put on Egypt in a greater form. Weren't there sores and boils on the people in Egypt, one of the plagues? The water turned to blood, all these different things. There's a lot of you can find a lot, and it's interesting that God's judgment on Egypt, and what was God doing to Egypt and to Pharaoh? He was letting them know that he's God. What is God going to do in the end? He's letting them know that he's God. That's why there's similarities there. So there's these sores upon man. When we think about these sores, I believe, and I read this and I thought this was good, that's why I put in the notes here, a sore on the outside is sign of rottenness on the inside. 
And basically, God is clearly showing the condition of those that are unsaved. He's putting on display the corruption of their hearts through the corruption in the bodies. You'll notice some words. We don't really use these words much today. Like you see that word noisome. You know, was, is the sore talking out loud? Is not noi- No, that's not what it's talking about. The word noisome, it means um, it's bad nature, troublesome, injurious. And then the word grievous means annoying, painful, and bad. So it means literally this is probably going to be incurable. They're, they might try to find ointment and try and find a way to fix it, but they're not going to be able to fix it. They're going to have these sores. It's going to be painful. They're going to be annoying. It's going to be, it's going to be bad. And you've ever had a sore or something, and they're, they, they're bad, aren't they? Like my, I have psoriasis, and so like today, two of my fingers split open. And when they split open, you touch anything, your fingers just ache. And so as I'm studying out this message, I'm like, this hurts. Imagine these sores that they're going to have and the pain and all that's going to take place. And so as we look at this and we see it, we see, first of all, the wrath on man, which is these sores that they're going to have. Secondly, we see God's wrath unleashed on the oceans. We see the seas, or the, and you think of the, the, the oceans and things, what we see there. We look at verse number 3. It says, And the second angel poured out his vial upon the sea, and it became as blood of a dead man, and every living soul died in the sea. Think of what that will do. If you like seafood in that day, you won't be getting much seafood anymore, right? If you don't like seafood, you're going to be just fine in that, with that. But we see what happens to the oceans and things. First of all, letter A, they become as blood. When that second bowl is poured out, the waters of the earth's oceans are corrupt and become as blood. Remember there was a time, remember in one of the first judgments, the seal judgments, there was one-third of the oceans were turned to blood. It was a smaller picture of what was coming later on. And that's found in Re- Revelation chapter number 8. In verse number 8 and 9 it says, And the second angel sounded as it were a great mountain burning with fire was cast into the sea. So a meteorite or something falls out of the sky into the oceans. And the third part of the seas became blood. And a third part of the creatures that were in the sea and had life died. And a third part of the ships were destroyed. That was a smaller picture there of what's now taking place as the vials are being unleashed. And when this plague is poured out, every creature, it says, in the sea is going to die. The seas will become vast cemeteries, literally. Can you imagine the smell that comes up from that? So growing up, I grew up in Lake Elsinore. Well, Wildemar, right next to Lake Elsinore. Let me ask you a question in this room. How many of you know where Lake Elsinore is to begin with? All right, many of you. Now I'm going to ask another question. How many of you have ever gone into the lake? Anybody in here? You've gone into Lake Elsinore? What? I, that's, I don't know what's wrong with you folks. I would not put anything. I wouldn't, I wouldn't put a boat in that water. I wouldn't put a foot in that water. And maybe it was different at some point, but it, it literally, there's not much movement. It's just, it's just a nasty lake. It really is. And sometimes, so there would be times we would go, the grocery store we would go to, Vons. My mom loved Vons back in the day. So there's still like two Vons left. 
and they're super expensive. But she loved Vons. It was right next to the canal between can- the canyon. So the lake would open up. You had Canyon Lake just down from there, and the canal would open up, and then there was Lake Elsinore. Almost every August, something would happen in the lake, and it happened this last year. If you watch the news, they literally closed the lake off to all boats, everything, because some parasite thing got into the water, and they closed it all down. But what happens when whatever gets in the water every once in a while, a lot of times it was near August, most of the fish that were in there would die. And you could be five or ten miles away from the lake, and that smell, you just can't, that smell was so bad of that dead fish. And it literally, and I don't know why anybody would ever want to go in there. You get a plague, you might get a, what, salt seas that way too? And so, but literally, when I think about this, the whole ocean is, you ever see those red tides that we have every once in a while? And even you get, there's a weird smell from that. Yeah, you might get those cool blue lights in the water at night, but when the water looks red, that was the year 2020, I think it was the last time we had a lot of those. We had a lot of things go on in 2020. I saw the water look that way, and I'm like, oh boy, the Lord's coming, the water's red. But anyways, um, we just think about how awful all, those, all that is. Um, John Phillips, he was a preacher of yesteryear, he described in one of his commentaries on the book Revelation, he said that, and he talked about the red tide that I just mentioned. And he said, this is straight from his commentary, um, Exploring Revelation, it was written in 87, He said, from time to time off the coast of California and elsewhere, a phenomenon known as the red tide occurs. These red tides kill millions of fish and poison those who eat contaminated shellfish. In 1949, one of these red tides hit the coast of Florida. First, the water turned yellow, but by midsummer, it was thick and... um, He uses those big words, dioflangelates and tiny one-celled organisms, 60-mile um, wind, windrows of stinking fish filled the beaches up. Much um, marine life was wiped out. Even bait used by fishermen died upon the hooks. Eventually, the red type subsided, only to appear again the following year. Eating fish contaminated by the tide produced several symptoms, nerve poisoning, um, and killed people as well, and all. And this was just a little thing that happened in Florida with that red tide. Imagine when literally all the oceans, everything dies in the ocean. You think about the fact they become blood, but think about letter B, how this is going to devastate shipping and food supplies. We already saw the first time that a third of it happened, what happened there. It said it messed up a third of the ships, too. And then you look at the food supply being cut back here. And I know we look at it and we think about it. Think about even on the environment how that will work, too. Because don't the oceans play, play a big role in the environment and things? And if it's all blood, how's that, you know, so much for those trying to save the environment today. So if you have an aerosol can of hairspray, just spray it. You'll be okay. Because the environment's going to get messed up and global warming is really going to happen someday. And so we see that throughout the scriptures. But just think about the fact, uh, think of all that happens through the oceans and all that takes place. But do you know what God's doing? One by one, he's taking out all the things that men take for granted. Their health, the oceans, 
And that doesn't stop with the oceans. We get to the third vial being um, opened and unleashed. And the third one has to do with wrath on, wrath on the freshwater sources. Now, not only do the oceans, the seas turn to blood, but the freshwater source. Look there at verse number 4 through 7. It says, And the third angel poured out his vial upon the rivers and fountains of waters, and they became blood. And I heard the angel of the water saying, Thou art righteous, O Lord which art and was and shall be, because thou hast judged thus. For they have shed the blood of the saints and prophets, and thou hast given them blood to drink, for they are worthy. And I heard another out of the altar say, Even so, Lord God Almighty, true and righteous are thy judgments. We see, as we look at the fresh water sources, we see, first of all, letter A, they're turned to blood as well. The fresh water sources are now stricken. You could go back in in chapter number 8, you saw a miniature of that as well. And it said in verse 10 and 11 of chapter 8, And the third angel sounded, and there fell a great star from heaven, burning as it were a lamp, and it fell upon a third part of the rivers, and upon the fountains of the waters. And the name of the star is Wormwood, and the third part of the waters became Wormwood, and many men died of the waters because they were bitter. We see that they are turned to blood, but you've got to understand something. By this time, Think of all those, the tribulation saints that have been killed for their faith and martyred. I mean, that's what the angel is saying there. The angel of the God, you're just in doing this because look at all the people they've killed. You could look further and say, look at all the abortions they allowed. God doesn't take innocent blood lightly. And there's a lot of that that goes on in our world today. But as we look here, Literally, this happens. Now, the problem with this is, try to drink. What, you can go several days without food, right? How many days can, I think they say you could go maybe two weeks, three weeks, somewhere in there without food. I haven't tried it yet. If one of you want to try it, you can tell me and see how it goes. But what's going to happen is, letter B, and we'll go there in a second, this will ruin the water supply, and deaths will come from it. You know, I know a lot of people, you know, what was it, in the year 2000, everyone thought that everything was going to shut off and computers weren't going to catch up. I think my dad and mom had a, enough water to last two years in the garage. And so it looked like a Costco shelf almost in my garage. I remember all that water. It took almost three years to use up all the water they bought for 2000. That was their water was the one that they did. They didn't buy a lot of toilet paper. People only did that for COVID. I don't understand, but that's what they did for COVID, toilet paper. And so don't take your toilet paper for granted. I've never seen people be so crazy over toilet paper. One of my favorite um, Christmas movies, and don't judge me on it. Well, my favorite all-time Christmas movie is It's a Wonderful Life. It doesn't get any better than that movie. Every year I'll watch that movie. I love that movie. That's my favorite Christmas movie. If you've no, anybody not seen It's a Wonderful Life in the room? A few. You're missing out. It's, it doesn't get any better than that. And yes, it's black and white. You can survive a black and white. It's okay. You'll be fine. But after that, all my Christmas movies are Home Alone 2, Home Alone 1. Those, those are there. And then... Uh, it was a jingle all the way. Has anybody ever seen Jingle All the Way with, with our old with our old governor, Schwarzenegger in it? After that Turbo Man doll. They were going after that Turbo Man doll. And seeing people go crazy to try and get this doll on Christmas Day. When I went to Sam's Club 
the week of COVID, when COVID first started, and you're seeing people, the doors literally open, and the line's way back, and they're keeping their six feet apart and all that good stuff. People are running to the back of the store getting toilet paper, and I missed my chance. So I tripped someone and took theirs. No, I didn't do that. I didn't. That was just a joke. That was just a joke. But imagine, so think about this water supply. You, you turn on your water, Okay, like here in California, I know we don't do a very good job of storing our water, but all these places where water is stored is going to be blood. So you think about you turn on your faucet at home, flush your toilet, water your grass. Are they going to have filters that filter out the blood so you can still drink it? You know, in Mexico they tell you not to drink the, the, the running water. You're not going to want to drink any of the water. And I think you can go three days without water, they say. Haven't tried it. And so I get all my water and my Dr. Pepper and things, but no, not quite, not quite. I knew Caroline would shake her head when I said that, and I knew she would shake her head. But when we look at this, literally, there will be no water. It's gone. They'll have sores. The oceans will all be blood. Fresh water will all be blood. And we see that when this is happening, you literally have angels praising God for his wisdom in sending this judgment. That's why the Bible is so true when it says in Galatians 6, verse number 7, 8, and 9, it says, To be not deceived, God's not mocked. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. And he says, He that soweth to the flesh, shall the flesh reap corruption. And he that soweth to the Spirit, life everlasting. And let us not grow weary in well-doing, for in due season we will reap if we faint not. God sees what's going on, and God is not mocked. I think sometimes this world thinks you flaunt everything at God, and God is just, you know, think about it. And I'm not trying to go after anybody or anything like that. Why does a certain group of people have to take a rainbow? Now, this is what you need to remember. This is what you need to remember about a rainbow. What was, what's the point of a rainbow? God's promise to never flood the earth again like he did. In that way, he's going to destroy a different way. But he's not going to do it the way he did. And God gave a promise, the rainbow. But God destroyed all of mankind except for Noah and his family because the wickedness of man in that day, right? It was only evil continually. So we have people today who take God's sign and do things that are an abomination in his sight and take his sign of not going to flood the earth again, like, here you are, God, and they throw it back in his face. It's like, use use some other sign. You want something? Come up with your own thing. Just like with marriage. Don't try to call something marriage that isn't marriage. If you want to have it called something else, you you can do your, it's America, there are, you can do what you want with that, but marriage was designed between one man and one woman. That's God's thing. So don't redefine marriage. Don't redefine things. Leave those things alone. When it comes to why are we taking these things and slamming them back in God's face? Our governor putting Bible verses on other states' billboards about abortion, saying you can come to our state to have them, and using Bible verses in the midst of it. God's not mocked by that stuff. You sow that stuff, you're going to reap it. That's why it's so important that you live for Christ today. And so this world's been guilty of murdering God's people and murdering babies and so many different things. And one day, there's going to come a point where God says, enough with this, and he's going to do what he does. 
God is righteous in what he does. Man, I didn't put the verse there. Where is it? (sighs) Go to Genesis 18 real quick. I love this verse. Go to Genesis 18 real quick. It's somewhere in chapter 18. So it's a sign about being a righteous judge. It's in the 20s, I think. So first person to find it gets 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 extra chips at the end tonight. Genesis 18... I want to say 25. I was looking at it earlier today, but I could be wrong. Genesis 18. Yes, 25. There it is. There? It's th- All right, so afterwards, you can, you can get extra chips, okay? Even though your dad brought them, you can get extra chips. Good job there. So there. <laughs> so, <laughs> he, thought he, was having, he thought we were having a sword drill. But kids like those. Anybody ever do, used to do those? You have the sword drill? Any of you ever cheat with those? Yeah, just a little bit. Or, you, you know, instead of flipping it up, you have it like this, and you have your finger in a passage, and you can say, are you giving away what you used to do? Maybe, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Verse 25. That be fa- So look at verse number 23. This is when Abraham's interceding for Sodom. And Abraham drew near and said, Wilt thou destroy the righteous with the wicked? Preadventure there be fifty righteous within the city, Wilt thou also destroy and not spare the place for the fifty righteous that are therein? That be far from thee to do after this manner, to slay the righteous with the wicked, and that the righteous should be as the wicked. That be far from thee. Shall not the judge of all the earth do right? Now, Abraham was kind of pleading back and forth with God right here, but the answer is the judge of the earth will do right. It's not a question mark. He does do right. And that's what he's doing here. As we look at these things, and as we see these, we see the fact God's wrath is unleashed in these sores. God's wrath is unleashed on the seas, on all the fresh water. And then number four, and lastly tonight, we see God's wrath on the sun. God's wrath on the sun. Now, when we look at this one, we look back at verse number eight and nine. I was in Genesis. I've got to go back to Revelation again. So it's like going from the beginning to the end real quick there. Genesis 16, verse number 8, it says, And the fourth angel poured out his vial upon the sun, and the power was given on him to scorch men with fire. And men were scorched with great heat and blasphemed the name of God, which had power over these plagues. And they repented not to give him glory. Doesn't that kind of sound like what Pharaoh did in the midst of all those things too? It's very similar. See, the way mankind is, we've always been this way. Mankind's always been this way. So as we look here, we see the wrath on the sun. We see, first of all, what the, sands, the sun's going to do. The sun will burn the bodies of men. You see God's, the vials unleashed on the sun, but all these affect mankind. So the sun will burn the bodies of men. We see this right here. The word scorch means to be burned with heat, to be tortured with intense heat. And I've had a bad sunburn before. Some, have you ever had a bad sunburn before? And you know, like now you put on sunscreen things so you don't get sunburn. No sunscreen's going to work in that day. Literally, the sun is going to be that hot. And what's this going to do? And think about this. Think of all the pain. And that's letter B, what I put there. Just think of the pain this will cause. Say, is that really a point? If you have an A, you've got to have a B. So that's why I put that there. So... Yeah, it might not fit completely, but you got me as your pastor and the one teaching it, so I had to have a B. So that's why I'm like, just think about the pain that's going to cause. 
Do you know what else that makes me think about? Have you ever thought how amazing God is and how he put everything together? The universe is an amazing place. God created everything right in the right place it needed to be. Do you know how far away the sun is from earth? 93 million miles. That's a lot of miles. It sits exactly the right distance away to allow life to exist on this planet. Think about this with me. If the sun were any closer to us, we would burn up. If the sun was any further from us, we would freeze. Literally, how God placed, how can people look around and they call themselves scienti- you know, scientists and all these things, how can they look and see the earth is in the perfect spot and not think that a God must have done what he did? And you think about the sun, the sun it's like a giant nuclear reactor. Think about this, it's so large that 1.3 million of our earths could fit inside of it. That's how big the sun is. And it's super hot. Did you know the surface of the sun is about 10,000 degrees? And you think Death Valley got hot this last summer. If that heat were to, if the heat of the sun were to hit our earth full blast, it would disintegrate the whole earth. That's how hot it is. Surrounding the earth, there are bands of radiation called the magnospheres. And these bands filter out the rays of the sun that allow exactly the right amount of heat and light to enter our atmosphere. What God does to make things the way that they are, we don't even think about that. You think about how fast the earth is rotating tonight? And I know some of you, Katie, a while back with all those dizzy spells, might have felt like everything was rotating. But for most of us, you don't even, we don't, it's just moving and God is just amazing how he pieced it all together. And you think about it, what is, what's God going to do in those days? Manny, are you trying to say you're a flat earther back there? I saw you hold up your thing, he's a flat earther. We don't allow flat earthers in this room. You're going to have to, you know, I'm glad Christopher Columbus figured out it wasn't flat. So anyways, I won't go any further. Is he that sits on the circle of the earth, the book of Isaiah, so the Lord says it's the circle of the earth. So I got you. And I know you're just teasing back there. So, but when I see you going like this, I'm like, don't be doing that. There are, there are people that are flat earthers. But I got, if you want to be a flat earther, I got land down in Antarctica I want to sell you after the service. So, but do you notice how literally the Lord in, these, in his wrath is taking away everything? You know, we, we get accustomed to every day the sun coming up. And being in place, even if it's cloudy out, we still know the sun's there. It's always there. And we don't think of it going to burn us and hurt us. We all drink water throughout the day. Sometimes you pay for that water quite a bit. Sometimes you don't. Our health, all these things, and one by one, all these things are going to happen. It's interesting to me, and we looked at it earlier but you see the fact that as this is going on they blaspheme the name of God and he's the one who has the power to stop the plagues why wouldn't you cry out God help us 
Same reason Adam and Eve didn't in the Garden of Eden. They tried to take care of it themselves. We're all very good at blaming others for what goes on instead of taking ownership for ourselves. Isn't that what you have in our world today? Grown men and grown women are blaming their parents for all the problems they have in their life. If you're angry, someone else caused that anger. If you have this problem or you've got that, we always blame everybody else. Adam blamed Eve, Eve blamed the serpent, and the serpent had no one else to blame. And instead of mankind blaming God for his judgment, they should be blaming themselves. But that would be repenting and turning to God. And we see the fact that they don't repent and give him the glory. They refuse to repent of their sin to the glory of God, and they get to pay the price of it for all eternity. I would just make sure, and I've said it a lot, and I'll say it again, make sure you know Jesus. There are many people that say they do, but make sure you know Jesus the Bible way. If you ever have any questions about that, I'd be glad to help you with that. But also tell someone. You know what's coming. When's the last time you told someone? Grab a gospel track. Tell someone this week. Say, well, I'm not very good at it. I'm not very good at it either. Plant a seed. Do something. Start somewhere. Warn somebody. Because this day is coming. Father, we thank you for your goodness. We 